Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right, it's unjust, and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out, or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE, or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Barack Obama is back in the limelight. Why? Also, culture wars, how you lose them, why we have lost ours, and finally, (laughs) 
a dad who's going through something I've been through personally. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. You know I'm a biased person. I've never claimed to be a journalist. I'm no journalist at all. I'm not I'm not just trying to play things down the middle. They're just calling things fair. Just want you to know I just call balls and strikes. No. I am an absolute right-wing hack to the very, very core. I know you've heard me criticize Republicans a million times, and I always will because I want them to stop being weak and pathetic. However, I view it as part of my mission in life to destroy the left. I cannot stand the left. I can't stand collectivism, socialism, communism, whatever word you want to put on it. I see what it's done to the United States of America, and frankly, it sickens me. It does. And I'm mad at the Republicans who won't stand up to it. And as somebody who cannot stand the left, somebody who can't stand, cannot, I went to community college. I hate Barack Obama. I understand you're not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to have hate in your heart. That's not what God wants for you. It's not what God wants for me. But I hear his voice and it grinds on me. And it's not necessarily him personally because I don't know him personally. It takes me back to what it was like for eight years. And we talk about enough negative things on this show. We'll go over some of that tonight. But let's remember, it was a lot worse for the eight years before Trump. Do you remember what it was like under Barack Obama? One, the guy was outstanding at packing the government full of absolute left-wing academia nutjobs, and it has gone a long way to hampering Donald Trump's administration the entire time. Remember what it was like when Barack Obama went abroad? He would go every single time he left the country, he would give a speech somewhere and apologize in some way on behalf of the United States of America. I mean, yeah, we kind of suck. The guy stood in Egypt where they have had human rights violations that have never taken place in the United States of America. And he stands in Egypt and he's, oh, well, I mean, America sucks. What are we going to do about it? The guy was absolutely terrible. He would stick his nose in every domestic issue. Anytime there was a, a crime involving police or whatnot, Obama's out there running his mouth. And the thing I hated the most about Barack Obama, and I mean this, I think it's really affected the United States, was him after a mass shooting. We've been struggling with mass shootings for 10 years now, 15 years now. I realize there's something that's always existed. There's something that always will exist, although by the grace of God, they seem to have calmed down a bit now. But there was you know, plenty of mass shootings under Obama. No, I'm not blaming Obama for the mass shootings, but there were plenty that took place under him. And Obama at his heart and soul is a leftist. And as I've told you many times, many, many times, leftists, leftism is not a political ideology. It is a religion of domination. And leftists don't look at anything, nothing, and say to themselves, ah, I don't want to go there. Oh, you know, we should leave that alone. It's not appropriate. It doesn't exist. They can't make themselves do it. Everything is about leftism to them because it's not a political ideology. It's who they are. It's, it's why they exist. And the way Barack Obama responded to mass shootings in this country will always, always bother me. Before the bodies had turned cold, 
Barack Obama would gun grab and gun grab and blame guns and blame guns instead of just standing up there as commander-in-chief offering some measure of comfort, mourning with everybody as they're sad. He couldn't make himself do it. Even with, sadly, dead kids sometimes. Obama, he had to do it. He had to grab for them. And I will always resent him for that. Mercifully, he's gone now. And I realize it's been four years, well, almost four years now, of fake controversy after fake controversy under the Donald Trump presidency. Whether you love him or hate him, it has not been a quiet presidency by any stretch of the imagination. My goodness, it's a new, it's a new thing every single day. They, they impeached the guy for being taken. Remember, they impeached Donald Trump? But it has still been a lot better under Donald Trump than it was under Barack Obama. So let's keep that in mind. Something to be thankful for today. However, that's the good news. The bad news? We have the DNC going on right now. We have this big Democratic National Convention going on. And Barack Obama spoke. Now, of course, Barack Obama was going to speak. Barack Obama was president of the United States for eight years. He was the last president. He was a Democratic president. He's still well thought of in Democratic circles. He's also probably the best public speaker they've ever had. So, of course, he was going to speak. The question was, what was he going to say? Obama is not somebody who gets behind a microphone and says things lightly. He says things for a reason. And here's what he said. For close to four years now, he has shown no interest in putting in the work. No interest in finding common ground. No interest in using the awesome power of his office to help anyone but himself and his friends. No interest in treating the presidency as anything but one more reality show that he can use to get the attention he craves. Donald Trump hasn't grown into the job because he can't. And the consequences of that failure are severe. 170,000 Americans dead. Millions of jobs gone while those at the top take in more than ever. Our worst impulses unleashed, our proud reputation around the world badly diminished, and our democratic institutions threatened like never before. Divisive? Not ready for the job? Barack Obama knows who Barack Obama is, right? This has been the most amazing thing, and of course the media helps with this, but Barack Obama was unquestionably the most divisive president of my lifetime. There may have been more divisive presidents that existed before him, probably Nixon, maybe LBJ, I don't know, I wasn't around, I'm too young for all that. But without question, Barack Obama was the most divisive president. And remember he used to always get up there and do that thing where these guys are trying to make it political, when that always meant, why aren't they just doing all the left-wing things I want to do? Barack Obama was a petty man who was in no way ready for the Oval Office. You remember this? He'd never had a real job. Do you remember that? His only job he had was some, like, assistant college professor somewhere. He somehow became president of the United States of America and never had a real job. That is still just 
dumbfounded. Well, you knew Donald Trump was going to have something to say about that because when doesn't Donald Trump have something to say to people who take shots at him? Trump said, quote, why didn't he refuse why did he refuse to endorse Slow Joe until it was all over? And even then it was very late. Why did he try to get him not to run? See, this is an interesting question. And I've asked this before, and I'll ask it again. Does Barack Obama have a problem with Joe Biden? Is there some kind of rift there? Or does Barack Obama just look at Joe Biden like you and I look at Joe Biden and think, oh, gosh, surely this guy cannot be president of the United States of America. You know how odd it is that Joe Biden was Barack Obama's vice president for eight years and Obama wouldn't endorse him until everyone else got out of the race. It's weird. There's something there. And I'm going to do some digging. I'm going to call my sources. I don't have very many Democrat sources. Crap. Either way, I'm going to do some digging and try to find out what exactly happened. Trump, Trump continued, quote, he spied on my campaign and got caught. And that is another interesting thing going on right now. We already have one guy who has pled guilty. Kevin Kleinsmith, an FBI lawyer, pled guilty to falsifying information in order to get a warrant on Trump campaign staffers under Barack Obama. That already makes Barack Obama president of the United States while the biggest political scandal in the history of this country took place. And without a second thought, he stands up and gives this long speech at the convention. To be a Democrat means you are never held to account for anything. Barack Obama should be hiding in a bunker somewhere with reporters sitting outside of his house, sticking microphones in his face every time he goes to get the mail. Did you do it? What did you do? What did you know? When did you know it? Did you intentionally use the Federal Bureau of Investigation as your political arm? Or was that someone else's responsibility? To this day, he has never been asked those questions. How is that humanly possible? We truly do not have a media. It's probably easiest to think about it in that way. We don't have a, a left-wing media. We don't have a media at all. What exists is simply the communication wing of the Democratic Party. Kamala Harris, with all her charm, got up last night, had some things to say as well. I have fought for children and survivors of sexual assault. I fought against transnational criminal organizations. I took on the biggest banks and helped take down one of the biggest for-profit colleges. I know a predator when I see one. A predator like, like during the Democratic primary when she said she believed the women who were accusing Joe Biden and then without a second thought gets asked to be his vice president and says, oh, absolutely, sign me up, Joe. Can we please stop doing this, I'm the champion of women, I'm the champion of children thing. None of these people give a crap about women or children. They're politicians. They all care about power. And that's all. And of course, you didn't think we were going to get through this whole opening monologue without paying homage to the worst politician I've ever seen in my life. For four years, people have told me, I didn't realize how dangerous he was. I wish I could do it all over. Or worse, I should have voted. Look, 
this can't be another woulda, coulda, shoulda election. And don't forget, Joe and Kamala can win by three million votes and still lose. Take it from me. So we need numbers overwhelming so Trump can't sneak or steal his way to victory. It's not her fault. She's a bad politician. Remember, she was supposed to beat Barack Obama in that primary. Barack Obama was some wingnut outsider who was just taking a flyer on the whole thing. And Hillary sucked so bad, and the media fell in love with Obama, she lost that one. And then she was supposed to walk to victory against Donald Trump and lost that one too. And it's not her fault because she has, well, she has the charisma of a sea urchin. And there's just no way you can turn that into major political wins. There's nobody who watches that and thinks, man, I want to hang out with Hillary and have a beer. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, this should make you uncomfortable as well. I'm not trying to guilt you into it. I'm just as guilty of this as anybody else, not doing enough to help our veterans who are hurting out there. As we speak, there is a veteran sitting in his living room alone by himself, struggling with PTSD, depression, struggling with addiction, and that veteran deserves our help. It's not just that he needs it. Of course he needs it. He deserves it. Warriors Heart Foundation is out there finding these veterans and getting them the help they need. This is a 501c3. Go give. They need you to give so they can get these veterans the help they need. Go to warriorsheartfoundation.org. That's warriorsheartfoundation.org slash the first. Warriorsheartfoundation.org slash the first. We'll be back. All right, I need to give it to you straight here. This grosses me out, and it grosses me out big time. But I think it's important that you see it, and I think it's important that you know this is going to become more and more common in society as we continue to degenerate until we take this culture back from the disgusting leftist hordes who have taken it over. And believe me when I tell you, there's nobody who's less moral than I am. But I saw this yesterday. This is a TV show. Look at this. This is a TV show that Netflix is putting out about 11-year-old dancers. And on my life, I did not make that up. That's a real cover. Those are 11-year-old children on that. What does that say about us as a society that a major, major production company would even put that out? What does it say? about us. Doesn't that speak so poorly of us? And I've got to say something else, and this is going to be uh, difficult to hear. You know how you and I look at various countries around the world and how they have these horrible human rights violations. You know, we got concentration camps in China. We have these countries all through the Middle East that treat women and children like cattle, just treat people like crap. We look at things that happen in Afghanistan where they're stoning a woman for looking at somebody wrong. And we have all these things that take place across the world and we look at them and we think, my word, what a gross culture. Look at those barbarians. Why doesn't somebody do something about that? How do you think they look at us? In all honesty, 
What have we become? Are we something you think they want to be? Do you think they look at things like that, disgusting filth, and say to themselves, man, America has it figured out. We need more of that. They don't. And I have to tell you, I don't blame them. We can't just let kids be kids anymore. When did kids become pawns in this disgusting leftist scheme out there? Who watches that crap? Who makes that crap? Who made that movie poster? A human being, a real-life human being, took that picture and then looked at it and thought, nice, we got the cover for our movie. What? By the grace of God, somebody spoke out against it. Quote, this is a, uh, there's a petition. Quote, this movie slash show is disgusting as it sexualizes an 11-year-old for the viewing pleasure of pedophiles and also negatively influences our children. There is no need for this kind of content in that age group, especially when sex trafficking and pedophilia are so rampant. There is no excuse. This is dangerous content. There are now over 40 thousand signatures on that petition as there well should be what are we doing in this country we need to be better than this we need to be uh, a lot better than this and people who like things like that and put out things like that they should feel shame and we should make sure of it now breaking away from that mercifully I just want you to see how people are now conducting themselves in this country over face masks. How weird has the face mask thing become? Whether you're a super duper face mask person or you don't care about face masks, whatever you feel about face masks, this has become some sick obsession with people where they'll yell at people about it, total strangers. They'll They'll pull out their phone and take videos of people and put them up online. Look at this guy, not wearing a mask. These people just decided to brawl it out. What's wrong with us? We have let this coronavirus thing rip us apart. And I'm not discounting the seriousness of coronavirus, but what are we going to do when a real national threat comes knocking on our door? Because there's always one coming, you realize that, right? A real one. That's just the history of the world. There's always another one coming. It saddens me, man. We got a lot of work to do. Now, speaking of work, how hard do you work? How much do you save? All those days you've put in, all those hour after hour after hour, maybe you're late getting home, missing dinners with the family, sacrificing so you can retire one day. Please tell me you don't have all your money in stocks and bonds in this environment have you seen what's happening out there? Not just the small businesses that are closing across the country. Big, major corporations are shutting down franchises by the hundreds. 
We are in the middle of a bubble that is going to burst. Get a gold IRA from Gold Alliance so you are not completely wiped out when this market corrects itself. I'm trying to be as nice as humanly possible. Gold Alliance has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. We'll be back. Joining me now, host of This Is My Show with Drew Berquist and man who got coronavirus. We keep forgetting to mention that. Also, former fancy CIA James Bond type. Drew, are you all over coronavirus and do you have lasting damage in your lungs? Who knows? You know, I never went to the doctor. I just took the darn test. I'm mostly over it. I can't smell still, which, you know, but I, whatever. I mean, it's... I feel pretty darn good now. Uh, and, and again, I've said it before. I mean, there's some benefits to not smelling. So, mm-hmm. that, but look, I have two sons, Drew. Uh, maybe I need to get coronavirus because I would give anything not to smell. Those foul little beasts. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed my yeah. parents lived with me at that age. It, it is remarkable. I, God bless them. We're going to start someplace you know well tonight, and that is Afghanistan. Now... There's always a new explosion. There's always a new threat here. There's always a new peace deal there. There's always something. And there's always people arguing about how they want to go. Everybody at least acts like they want to leave at some point in time. No one can agree the best way to do it. I find the whole argument to be absurd because, in my opinion, and I want to be corrected if I'm wrong, the Taliban are by far the most powerful entity there. They're going to take over the second we leave anyway. They're going to do horrible things when we do it. We might as well just walk out the door. Yeah, I mean, well, you're right. I mean, they are going to, no matter what. Uh, I mean, that's, and, and frankly, it's not talked about much in the press, but over the last couple of years here, I mean, they have seized back a huge swath of territory throughout the country. Uh, there's been huge, you know, a huge push on on inserting themselves further into government there. But we know how the Taliban's going to operate. We know how they have always operated. Um, you know, they are a vicious, violent group who don't care about anyone but themselves. And I, I mean, I think you're right. I, I think as soon as you leave, whether it's today or 10 years from now, Afghans are going to be Afghans. That's just that's just the reality of the situation. I think what we need to do is is have somewhat of, and we do to an extent, but more aggressive regional hubs. And they don't have to necessarily be in Afghanistan. Maybe they are. Maybe you keep something in Bagram, but you don't keep this huge footprint like we've got. You know, we get into nation building all the time, and that's where we tend to run into problems. Uh, so I think that we can do it a lot more smartly, have smaller footprints, be able to to strike from different areas if, if a threat is kind of creeping up. And that also kind of creates the the whole, you know, these 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 guys don't sleep well when they that we know that we're watching them uh and then it might be their time to take the dirt nap so i like I, I think that there's better ways we can do it uh but at the end of the day you're right the taliban will always be taliban and and you know we just need to have a smarter lighter strategy drew i know 2020s hindsight and i know look you and i are on the same page about where we are now could we have one, what was winning? Define that for me. Define what you would have thought a win was, and could we have done it? Uh, 
Yeah, well, I, I think uh, the first win would have been sticking to mission. You know, again, something that we struggle with as a country. Um, but sticking to mission, hey, we're here to route out Al-Qaeda, kill their leadership, prevent this safe haven uh, of training where people can f freely flow, plan and operate, and then launch attacks in, in Western Europe, throughout the Middle East, and, of course, over, over in, in our country, which is why we were there. So, and, and, we, and we did that, um, you know, but as, as you start to, you know, you see the Obama administration come in, um, and we change our, our policies and we change how we do things and we handcuff ourselves. I, I think we were winning. And then I think that e and even frankly, before before Obama, we, we switched with with W to more nation building. We started surging. We started doing a lot of things that took us off focus, took us off mission. And what was a winning effort became just a sustained mess, which is where we are now. I think, again, if we go back to a lighter footprint and just focus on counterterrorism missions, Special Operations Forces, Intel, some support and logistics where you need them. And then, you know, you can send the conventional folks home. God bless them. They're, they do a great job. But we, we could just do it smarter and it would it would it would seem like a victory. And it also wouldn't seem like this huge debacle that we have to talk about year in, year out that no one's ever going to agree on on whether we've done it right or not. Let's just let's just put it back in the shadows and and let our people do their work. Drew, what hope do we have? What What is our goal? What hope do we have for Iran? I know we want the mullahs out of power. I get that. I totally get that. They're these fundamentalist terrorists funding scumbags over there. I get it. Is there is there an actual group there we want in power? I mean, we seem to be changing out the Iranian regime more often than the Iranians do. Is there somebody we actually want and we'll be happy with? Well, I, I think you hit the nail on that. I mean, look, we, we want the Mullahs out. We want, we want those folks who have been there. These, these, these countries over there, Iran included, and it's, you, know, you could put Afghanistan in, in there, a lot of the South Asian and Middle Eastern countries, the youth are coming up, and they see what we have over here. Granted, a lot of them love, like, WWE, and they're super into that. If you're into that, that's cool. But, like, they love our culture, and they love how the West does things. And they don't want to be held down by this anymore. So I think we want more progressive thinkers, not progressive like AOC and her friends here. That's that's terrifying. I'd take Iran over them. But like, but more, you know, breaking from the old traditions of of Iran and 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 all those countries there. So I don't know that there's a specific group. No, maybe someone else has a different thought on that. I I I don't necessarily think that's the answer. I think the answer is is we need everyone around Iran to start condemning them and pushing back against everything they're doing through their proxies throughout the region. And then that will start to force some of those people out um, of power. And we'll start to see some of these, these younger generations rise up and hopefully have some people that are a little bit easier to work with. Drew, are you telling me there was never a point in time in your life where you watched professional wrestling? What's wrong with you? No, in the, in, in, in the young, I mean, are you kidding me? In the, in the early days, wrestling was awesome. Yes. I just, yes. I, it's just, That's, it's just changed. Like the old, when it was still WWF, it was amazing. That's what I'm talking about. And I don't, look, I'm going to make myself sound really old here. One, my father, because I mean, he's my father, tried to ruin it for me when I was six years old. And I told him I was this huge wrestling fan. And my dad tells it, just breaks it to me right off the bat. He says, you know, all that's fake, right? I was devastated. I had no idea that it wasn't real. That's one. Two, I finally turned it on for my kids four or five years ago thinking, ah, oh, maybe they can get into it. I remember what it was like, Hulkamania and stuff like that. The women are all half naked. You cannot watch that with your kids anymore. Was it like that when I was a kid and just didn't notice? 
No, no, it wasn't. Like you had, you had what was her name, Elizabeth or whatever her name was with yes. Macho Macho Man. You know, like people were dressed in like gowns and stuff. Now they, all, I mean, everyone. Yes. The language language has gotten a lot more coarse for children. The women are half dressed, and, and I would like I, maybe people enjoy uh, they enjoy that part. I know, but enjoy the wrestling like. Like people don't watch the WNBA. They don't watch like it. Just to me, they 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 went to PC. They pushed down the wrong side and like go back to how it was. Maybe I just I guess I'm a curmudgeon. I don't like change. But but old school wrestling did rock. Speaking of the entertainment industry, I'm sure you saw it by now. We talked about it earlier in the show. Netflix has this new show coming out. Oh, just talking about it gives me the skeeves. Called Cuties about. 11-year-old dancers. They're 11-year-old girls who dance. And the cover is, I mean, they're half naked. And everybody lost their minds when Netflix put out this cover yesterday. Yet they put it out without a second thought. And I can't help but wonder, how did we get to a place in society, Drew, where you can print up a cover of half-naked 11-year-old girls and just send it out there without being creeped out yourself, let alone being shocked the masses are against it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, and, and I'm shocked for, a, a, you know, a, and, and maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm shocked for a company like this with the cancel mob that's out there, the... The, the, the backlash for anything. There's literally nothing you can do or say any any day, you know, of the week anymore that doesn't get some sort of backlash. It's just like, and you and I know it from, from dealing in this space, but it doesn't matter if you're an athlete, if you're in entertainment, whatever you are, 50% of the world hates you and wants the worst for you. And that's just, it's sad. So knowing that you think people start to be more careful, like they start to make decisions that make a whole lot of sense. So yeah, I thought it was very surprising that they were behind it, that they kind of doubled down and just went with it anyways. Um, and particularly this year, but we've seen a lot more effort and, you know, Trump put, I think what, 35 million towards, you know, uh, child trafficking, pedophiles, and, and all this kind of stuff. There's a lot of buzz about that stuff right now. So doubling down and showing half-dressed, you know, young girls, and then calling it cuties too. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's not a good name. Ugh. Ugh. You know what? I'm sorry I asked the question. I want to yeah. go now. Drew Berkwist, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right. I have something for you. You ready for this? This is a battle box. This one's mine. You can't have this one. However, you can have your own. And you can have one of these every single month. They send you a brand new box with totally different gear every single month. It is a blast. If you're just you, it's a blast to open with your family. My family loves it. They, they love when it's battle box time and they know it's about that time. They go check the mail. My boys go check the mail every day. And then, of course, I get the dad. It's here. It's here. And they have it half open by the time I can even get to the kitchen. These are all kinds of survival items. And you can watch the show Southern Survival on Netflix if you want more info on how to use it. Or they have information on in here on how to use everything. I mean, flashlights, hatchets, disposable grills, tarps. The, the list is endless. Highly recommend it. You can get it for 30 bucks a month. That's one of the packages they have. And if you go to BattleBox.com with no E, again, that's BattleBox.com with no E, and use the code JESSE, don't forget, save yourself 20%. 20%! BattleBox.com, no E, promo code JESSE. Enjoy.
Joining me now, Ryan Gerdusky, author of They're Not Listening, How the Elites Created the National Populist Revolution. Ryan, Obama speaks at the convention, and I can't decide if it actually matters to anybody who is an undecided voter. Do, do conventions matter? Does Obama speaking matter? Does any of this matter? Uh, usually there is a post-convention bump. I mean, it's, it's historical. The only time that John McCain was leading Barack Obama in the polls was right after um, was right after the convention when Sarah Palin was unveiled and she had her uh, you know uh, lipstick moment. Um, that was a big big moment, and 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 it, and it was like thirty. 39 million people viewing that. Uh, yesterday, Kamala Harris, it was 19 million people. There was 20 million fewer people watching Sarah Palin take the stage than Kamala Harris take the stage. So I don't think you're going to see as big as a bump. And also, the convention was very messy. Uh, it was... I don't understand. They had Billy Porter doing a music video to an old Jimi Hendrix song. You had uh, that was it was bizarre. I have two Democrat roommates. I showed it to them. They said, "Was there no one else available?" It was really, really <laughs> odd. I think that Obama. I think I think Obama did a good speech. I mean, he's a he's a natural speak uh, speaker. Uh, speak, speaker. Uh, Jill Jill um, uh, Biden did fine. Kamala Harris was like a gross list of different identity politics and meant absolutely nothing. And then to the Democrat Party, which has drifted so far to the left on so many issues, you have a tribute to John McCain and John Kasich, a nor notorious union buster as like two of you. I, I mean, Christine Todd Whitman, that doesn't mean anything. All these others meant nothing. I thought that Obama did a good speech. I think that uh, Jill Biden did a fine speech. And then the rest of it trended from okay to what am I watching? Why are so few people watching this? Is this a coronavirus thing? Is it a lack of excitement because the crowd's not there? I mean, crowds do actually add something to these things. Is it that the Democrat ticket is so boring? Is it that they're so far left? Why? There has to be a reason. Viewership cut in half is a lot. Yeah, viewership was down. Viewership was down about five million people from where it was four years ago for the for the night that Kamala Harris spoke, and it was down bigger on the first and second night. I don't, you know, I don't know exactly why. It's not like other television shows. This is a live event. I mean, the viewership for 2016 was very high on both the Democrat and Republicans. I'm in like 2004 when you had Bush and Kerry. Uh, as far as why is it happening, I think maybe coronavirus, dude. Also, I think that people just don't care. I think people are really burnt out. And when you tell people for six straight months that they're going to die, I think that the level of excitement to sit there and keep them going is kind of is kind of diminished at that point. And I, I just think that there's, I think that it doesn't feel like a normal presidential year, doesn't feel like a normal presidential cycle. And people are just really burnt out by the entire thing. And clearly, if you look at most, polls, people are voting against Trump, not for Biden. I don't think they really care about Joe Biden. Burnt out? How could they be burnt out? Democrats, I mean, they're the party out of power. They should be uniquely motivated. I figured they'd be frothing at the mouth and wearing their stupid hats and dancing in the streets. 
Yeah, there was no uh, there was no pink pussy hats, which is kind of shocking because I thought that maybe Joe Biden would give a national address wearing one right now. That would have been a uh, that would I think would have been the finest moment. Um, besides him, if he would have walked out with a pink pussy hat saying "Where am I?" That would have just been I think what we would have expected from Joe Biden, and we would all have been sat there and said, "Okay, look, this is what it is. It is what it is. They're not trying to hide anything or make anything." Um, what I thought was most shocking was the fact that they kept the more radical parts really from from being seen. If you have you watched the afternoon convention meetups, you had like the LGBTQAI plus 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 um, meeting, which was the um, it was about how they want to abolish ICE prisons and the police and they were having those conversations during the daytime hours at the nighttime it was tributes to john mccain that is just shows the duplicity of the democrats right now that they're really not showing their agenda and it also shows how little they care about bernie sanders voters they really couldn't care less if they were there or not i mean aoc got 45 seconds to sit there and stand up but they had supporters of the iraq war getting full 10 minute long addresses why is Hillary Clinton still there? Does she move the meter? I didn't, I, I never took her as being that popular in Democratic circles. She was just swinging a big stick with all the people who were powerful. And yet Hillary Clinton gets a spot. Does she just get a spot because she's Hillary Clinton or does she actually move somebody? Why is Bill Clinton still there? Forget about just Hillary. Yeah. You got this. You got you know Bill Clinton. Uh, they're having a night a tribute to women and the greatness of women, and it featuring Bill Clinton. I mean, uh, at this point, I mean at this point they might as well just sit there and have like you know Ted Kennedy with uh, Ted Kennedy's car on display, and uh, that would have been just as good. It made it made absolutely no sense to me. I think that um, I think that it was kind of um, I, I think they kind of missed the point. Uh, but it doesn't really matter because the the Clintons are just they're just a name. They're like the Kennedys or a name. So I, I don't know why was why was freaking Eva Longoria there? Who does she sit there? And I mean, the it made it made no sense whatsoever. I thought it was really tacky. Um, and also there was not a lot of ideas on display. It was like, look, Trump's a racist. He's a horrible man. He's a racist. He's gonna kill us. They'll be you know he's gonna deport all the little brown babies. Like that was the main mantra of the entire night. There was not an idea of if we get power for four years, this is what we can look forward to. There weren't that sizable ideas. It might have been called the we're not Trump party. Can they just exist and punt their way to an election win? I mean, look, I want Trump to win as much as the next man. There are 50 million people unemployed. Whether people are not blame, whether people blame Trump for, or, or for that or not, it is a fact. There are 50 million people unemployed. He's the president. The guy at the top gets a lot of fingers pointed his way. Yeah. Um, no, listen, the polls aren't great, and polls do kind of matter. People keep excited by polls. Um, and listen, it's very problematic. Yes, there are 50 million people unemployed, but at the same time, they ironically trust Donald Trump more on the economy still, and they trust Joe Biden. They, even though there's mass increasing in violence across the country, they trust still trust Trump more on crime than they trust Biden. Uh, he's kind of built it in that they're not gonna be strong on those issues. I think the biggest problem is, is that for eight to 10 years, 10 to 12 years at this point, you have had Republicans saying over and over again, we're gonna repeal and replace Obamacare. 
And they have not still yet offered an alternative on healthcare that expands access to healthcare and keeps prices reduced. And healthcare is a major, major, major issue. Um, and I know that Democrats kept on saying we're going to fix COVID um, with Biden. I still don't understand how they're going to fix COVID with Biden. It's it, maybe him and Cardi B are going to make a plan together. I don't understand. But the fact that we're having a massive problem with COVID and he, we have a Republican Party that has never created, created an honest response to health care shows the problematic issue of the moment. I think that's is what we're in the future. Is populism the future of the Republican Party, or is it, does it die when Donald Trump is no longer president? Um, I think that I think that Trump's being president has actually put it on hold longer. Imagine had John McCain won in two thousand eight instead of sorry instead of um, instead of Barack Obama. Would the Tea Party have happened? Probably. It probably just wouldn't have happened as soon as it did. I think Trump becoming president has actually suspended it because they said, oh, we at least have Trump. Um, I think that that is why um, it has not even excelled faster than it already has. I think it's actually a bigger thing, even the post-Trump presidency, than it is even right now. Ryan Gurdusky, appreciate you very much, my man. Thank you. American made is something that should matter to you. It's something that matters to me. Stop sending your money to China with your buying decisions. And oh, by the way, did I mention you get quality when you get a Vault Pro USA safe or walk-in vault or vault door or storm shelter? Not only do they have stock items, and you can see all those at vaultprousa.com slash jesse. They have plenty of great stock items. I already own one. They can customize things for you. More customization options than I could possibly ever list for you right now. We're talking workbenches, gun racks. I may or may not be getting one of those. I cannot confirm or deny. You know I would never own guns. <laughs> VaultProUSA.com slash jesse. That's vaultprousa.com slash jesse. This is a veteran-owned company. Go, Just go check out what they have. Do not forget to use the promo code THEFIRSTTV. That's THEFIRSTTV. We'll be back. I want you to check out this little video because then you're going to hear, hear a story of me, my heroism, and my courage. You know why I'm laughing? Because I have been there before. When my kiddo, my oldest son, he was about, oh, probably three years old, three or four years old. I don't know. I'm a dad. I don't know what age the kids are. I barely know how old they are now. We got him one of these fancy, I think it was a Nerf bow, only it was a Nerf bow where it had these strong bands on it, and it was sold as something that could shoot these things 75 feet. And we're not talking about soft little Nerf tips. They have these flat, hard tips on the things, and you can just launch them across the yard, okay? I'm sitting out back in the yard, and I'm playing with my buddy, and he's got his, he's got his little Nerf bow, 
and I'm talking to the wife and everything. And while I was talking to her, looking over here, he walks right up to me one feet away and pulls this bad boy back and does that exact same thing to me. And I dropped like a stone. And obviously I'm laying there in the yard and I'm like, oh no, I'm glad we're done having kids. And, and I'm rolling around. But at the same time, I'm reaching out to him through the tears pouring down my face, telling him, it's okay, you didn't do anything wrong. Because I'm just that great of a person. We'll see you tomorrow. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE that gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.